If you haven't quite figured out how to go from content to clients, then you're going to want to register for our content to clients workshop coming up. This workshop is going to take you through a process to make sure that one, you have 50 to 100 content ideas that are perfect for attracting people to your market and encouraging them to buy. So you're never going to have to face the blank page again. You're never going to have to struggle with ideas. We're going to just knock that out and get that out of the way. Next, we're going to look at what is it that your prospects need to hear from you in order to buy. And we're going to prioritize what content you should create first. And then finally, we're going to actually get you creating and publishing your content so that you can start getting the word out to get clients coming to you. If you're someone who has a ton of content and it's all over the place and you can't put your hands on it, this workshop is for you too, because I'm going to show you how to wrangle all of that content, how to use the pot of gold content marketing database to organize it and get strategic so you can deploy that content exactly when and where you need it in front of the right people at the right time to get them to buy. So all you have to do is go to carveldigital.com slash gold and purchase the pot of gold. Once you do that, you'll be invited to register for the workshop. All right. I hope to see you soon. Welcome to Begin As You Mean To Go On. If you're a woman of color with a mission-driven service-based business and you want to increase your income and your impact without burning out in the process, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Karanda Adair, recovering WordPress developer, content marketing coach, and CEO of Carvel Digital. I've survived being a black woman in the tech industry, getting fired for culture fit, and gone on to build a thriving business. I want to show you how to work hard once to create systems in your business that continue to work for you as you grow so that you can not just survive, but thrive and live your best life. Let's get it going. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Begin As You Mean To Go On podcast. I'm so excited for this episode today because today we're going to talk about choosing your tech stack. If you don't know what that means, stick with me because I'm going to explain it all, but I'm very excited about this episode. And I want to start by giving a shout out and a thank you to Maggie Bergen for suggesting this topic. Maggie wrote in and said, every service-based business working online will need a set of digital tools. Smaller businesses need X, larger ones might need Y. Your recommendations probably fall into a couple of categories based on the business's size or products. And since our zone of genius is providing the service and we have no idea how to set up a smooth digital backend, a primer explaining the categories of digital tools we should be aware of and how they might work together would be fantastic. I thought that was an amazing suggestion. So here we are. So thank you for that, Maggie. And did you know that we have a VIP podcast crew? So if you want to join the VIP podcast crew, you too can suggest episode topics and you can get a little bit of behind the scenes. I actually do private behind the scenes episodes that only those members get. So if that's something you're interested in, you can go to carveldigital.com slash VIP and you can join the VIP podcast crew. All right, y'all settle in because this is going to be really epic. You're probably going to want to listen through this multiple times. You're probably going to want to take some notes. We're going to have all the links to all of the things I'm going to talk about in the show notes. And if you don't have access yet to my recommended tools resource that is totally free, you're going to want to go get that as well because it goes into depth in about some of the tools that I'm going to talk about. All right, here's what we're going to cover. We're going to talk about why you need a tech stack. What is it? Why do you need it? 
I'm going to talk about why I have a personal war against all-in-one tools. <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to talk about the categories of technology. So you've got your marketing tools, you've got tools for sales, you've got tools for operations. So we'll talk about what those are when you need those. We'll talk about considerations for choosing a tech stack. I have a big list of considerations. It's one of my favorite words. And then I'm going to tell you what we actually use at Carvel Digital. I will tell you that for most of these tools have been in place in my business for uh, five years or more, which is an eternity in the tech space. So I feel really, really confident when I tell people what I use and what I recommend, because these are the things that we've been using to produce profit in our business for many years. And then I'm going to talk about how to choose tools. Like when do you need these based on where you're at in your business? So if you're feeling a little overwhelmed as you go through and you listen to this and you think, oh, all the things, how am I going to afford all the things? I don't know about the tech. Just calm down. Okay. Cause I got you. And at the end, I'm going to talk about when do you need these things, right? Based on where your business is at. And then we're going to wrap it up. All right. So we got a lot to cover. Uh, we're going to get started in just a minute. But first, of course, if this happens to be your first episode listening to Begin As You Mean To Go On, I want you to go ahead and listen through to this entire episode. And then if you find it valuable, and I don't know how you could not, I have so many gems for you, I want you to leave a five-star rating and review, okay? It's a really simple, easy way for you to say thank you, for you to let other people know that this podcast is valuable and help us get the word out because this issue is fraught, y'all. There are so many business owners who are struggling with their technology. And even before there was a pandemic, you couldn't run a business without technology. And now that is even more true. So please help me get the word out by leaving that five-star rating and review. Share it with someone who you know who needs to hear it. All right, let's jump in. What is a tech stack? So a tech stack is what the nerds commonly refer to. And it, it basically is just a, a phrase that means the technology that you use to run your business. Like what are all the technical tools that you use to run your business day to day? And that's all we're talking about. You have something that, you know, you build your website on a certain platform. If you're sending emails, which you should be, you have a certain tool that you use to send emails. It's all of those things that make up your ability to do business online. So that's all the tech stack is. It's very overwhelming for people to try to figure out which tools to use and try to put together those tools and try to integrate those tools. And so what has become very popular is for people to just choose one tool that says, hey, we can do it all. And I understand why that is a very attractive proposition, especially if you're newer in your business or if you're not as comfortable with technology and connecting these things all together. And here's why I really don't like all-in-ones. I went to a conference once, I think it was in Arizona, and we were on a break, we were at lunch, and I saw a restaurant, I don't remember the name of it, but at this restaurant in Arizona, you could get every type of food. You could get seafood, you could get Chinese food, you could get pizza, you could get Mexican. <laughs> and I looked at that menu and I was like, oh no, no way. There's no way that you can do all of these things and do them well. There's no way that you probably have fresh seafood because you're in Arizona, nowhere near an ocean. Like, no, no, my friend. <laughs> so the same is true with all-in-ones and really with anything where you're trying to deliver too much. We, we already talked about focus, right? You just can't do that many things well. And so when you put your entire business into these tools, then you're stuck. 
And if there's something about that tool that doesn't work for you, then too bad. Because by nature, by the nature of having an all-in-one, they're not motivated to directly integrate with other tools that might compete with what they're trying to do. They're not motivated to integrate with Zapier, which is a tool that can help you you know, connect your stuff together. They're just not motivated. They want to keep you trapped in their ecosystem and they want to keep your data trapped in the ecosystem. There's a term coined by my mentor, Chris Davis. We call it platform imprisonment, right? Where all your stuff is in this tool and if something goes wrong or if you decide you don't like that anymore, now you've got this major headache on your hands to try to get out of that tool. And I am seeing this right now in the marketplace, in my circles, everybody's like, oh, we finally need to ditch ClickFunnels or we finally need to get off Kajabi or whatever it is. And it's just this massive, overwhelming undertaking that you don't even want to do it because you know how hard it's going to be. So you could just not do that in the first place. You could just keep your stuff out of the all-in-ones. And we're going to talk about what to do instead. Let's talk about the categories of technology that you might need. You've got your marketing tools. You've got tools for sales. You've got tools for operations. Like those are the big three, right? And then, you know, you might get into finance tools. That's like beyond the scope of what we're going to cover here. But those are the big three in terms of building a business. So that's what we're going to talk about. And I want to tell you what my considerations are when I'm choosing a piece of technology for my tech stack. And one of the considerations, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one that's not one of the larger factors and that's price. And I actually had someone suggest a topic where, you know, tell us all the freebies that you recommend. <laughs> and I was like, my friend, I don't think you understand the point of this podcast. <laughs> We're building businesses here, people. And if you're building a business and you're expecting people to pay you for the value that you provide, then you should be willing to pay other companies for the value that they provide. And that's just how we roll here at Carvel Digital. So if you're on board with that, keep listening. So here are the considerations that I have for choosing a tech stack. And some of these are considerations for you. And some of these are considerations that I think about with the company. So the age of your business, right? Are you just getting started? Do you have an idea for a business and, and you're just trying to validate that idea and see like, could this really be a thing? Or do you have a business that's pretty established? You've got some regular clients, you're doing pretty well, you're bringing in regular revenue. Or do you have a mature business that like things are rolling full steam ahead and your tech stack is not keeping up? So that's one consideration. Another consideration would be the technical experience on your team. I have built out very complex technical solutions for teams that really don't have any technical expertise in-house, right? That is something that you have to think about. I had a client recently who asked me to just review her homepage and offer some suggestions for improving. And so I went through and I made a video and I was like, oh, you know, you could prove this here, you can prove this there, you could move this over, you know, all these suggestions. And then she was overwhelmed because she didn't know how to make those changes herself with the technology that she had in hand. So that's something to keep in mind. Like once you actually have this technology and you're going to be using it on the day to day, do you have the expertise on your team to use the technology, to maintain the technology? And if not, then that's something that you're going to have to consider as you go forward. Are you going to hire somebody to manage that? In the case of keeping your WordPress website up to date, like there are companies, that's all they do. So that's not a concern that you have to have. It's just something you have to be aware of. Oh, I'm going to have a solution for this. Another thing to keep in mind to consider are what are your goals, right? What are your long-term goals? What are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? 
course, this is begin as you mean to go on, right? The people that I'm talking to are people who want to build a real business, want to build a healthy business, want to scale their business to at least to a certain point. And so those are the things that I have in mind when I'm making recommendations, right? If you just have a hobby, (laughs) then you're not going to necessarily need the same depth of tools as someone who is really trying to build and scale a business and grow a team. Next consideration is integrations. Okay, this is not an all-in-one. We're doing what's called best-in-class philosophy, where you have a need in your business and you're going to get to choose what is the tool that can best meet this need, and you're going to get to integrate that tool with the other things in your stack. So integrations is something to consider. You know, do I need my CRM to connect to my website? Absolutely, you do. Things like that are things to keep in mind. And we're going to talk about a tool that helps specifically with integrations if something doesn't automatically connect to the service that you want. The other thing to keep in mind is customer service, especially if you're not technical. If you need to get help with this tool, with either setting it up or managing or doing some kind of troubleshooting, like how is the customer service? Is there going to be anybody there? Is it 24 hours? Can you reach them by chat? Can you reach them by phone? Those are the things you want to know before you invest in a tool, depending on how much support you think you're going to need. Another thing I like to keep in mind is how responsive is this company and how proactive is this company on developing their tool? If it's a software company, I want to know that they're going to keep developing and keep improving this as we go. And I recently left a company because even though they had a service that I needed, you know, I made a feature request for something that I consider to be a basic feature. And a year went by and it never improved. And I never really saw them making improvements to their tool. And so I left. (laughs) It's like, well, if you're not going to improve this and you're not going to listen to your users to try to improve things, then I don't want to be here. So that is something to think about. One of the tools we use in our business for project management is ClickUp. And they are very proactive in terms of putting out new features, in terms of improving things, in terms of being responsive to support requests. And a lot of times I I know I'm on the right track if I am using a tool and I'll see an update for something that I just had in the back of my mind, like, oh, I wish it did this, right? And I'll log in and they'll say, hey, we do this now. And I'll be like, okay, I'm on the right track. And then the last consider, well, second to last consideration is, is it run by assholes? (laughs) I know a lot of people weren't asking this before, say, May of 2020. But this is a thing that has always been something that's on my radar. If the people running the company have an opposite set of values to me, then I don't want to be giving them my money. So this would be companies like your ClickFunnels, uh, your webinar jams, where it's just, no, I really don't. I really don't want my money going to the people who, who run those companies because of their values. People are doing a lot of values-based shopping and you can do that with your software. It's not as easy because technology is typically a very bro-centered <laughs> industry, but it's getting better and there's some really good options out there. And I will highlight some of that when we talk about the tools. All right, now it's time to dig in and talk about what are we actually using here at Carvel Digital. and. I'm not saying that every tool that I'm going to name on this list is right for your business. And actually, before I move on, let me just reiterate that all of this should be guided by your business needs and your strategy. I hope that goes without saying, but I'm just going to say it just in case, right? 
when you're making these decisions, you are not starting with, oh, let me look at this tool and see what it does and then mash my business into it. No, you're going to step away from the tools entirely and you're going to define what is it that your business actually needs. And then you're going to look at the tools. You want to have the attitude of, I'm going to hire this software to do a job. And then you want to interview that software to make sure that it can do the job. Okay. So that's how you approach these decisions. It's just that this particular tech stack tends to work for the kinds of service business clients that I serve. So if that's you, then most of these you can take to the bank. But again, you're always going to want to start with what is your strategy? What is your goal? Okay. So that said, let's jump into it. First one we're going to talk about is your website. Now I'm not going to dwell on this, but your website should be on WordPress. The reasons for that I have detailed in, um, I have an actual entire lesson about why you should do, use WordPress over something like say Wix or Squarespace or Kajabi. For some of the reasons that I already talked about with the all-in-ones, for reasons of being able to integrate with other tools, WordPress is the industry standard and it's a very mature platform. And I know some of you have WordPress PTSD go back and listen to my website episode because I talk about that and some of the tools that you can use to make it easy to actually manage your website. So I will link to my lesson. It's a completely free lesson. It's the first lesson in one of my digital courses about why you should use WordPress. And I'll link to that in the show notes. If you're running a membership site, one of the requests that we had was to talk specifically about membership sites, which is I'm retired from building membership sites for people. So I'm not going to go into depth about that. But I do have a blog post that I'll link to about if you want to create a membership site on a budget. So if you're in the validating idea stage and you want to try something that's not thinkific or teachable or some of those like larger platforms that don't really integrate as well, I really recommend Member Vault. And if you go and you get any of my tools, Member Vault is the platform that you're going to consume those on. So you can see it for yourself. But I also have just a quick five minute video about why I love the tool so much and why I love the people behind the tool so much. This is one of those few software companies where the question, you know, is it run by assholes? Absolutely not. Mike and Aaron are some of the nicest people that I've met on the internet. They run one of the best Facebook groups for their software that I've seen on the internet. It's just like full of helpful people who are just ready and willing to jump in and help you try to figure out whatever it is you need to do with the tool. So that's a combination that doesn't come along very often where you have amazing technology that's constantly being improved, that's run by really nice people with awesome values. So that's why I recommend Member Vault. I actually had a custom learning management system that I built for a course that I created and I retired it and I moved all my stuff to Member Vault. That is the highest endorsement that I can possibly give. And this is the one tool in the stack that I'm going to mention where uh, they do have a nice free tier. So you can go and you can try it at literally no risk and you can have up to 100 people in your member vault site. So go check them out. And by the way, the links in the show notes and everywhere really to these tools mostly will be affiliate links. So if that gets your panties in a bunch, just know that's a thing. And sometimes people will actually come to me when they're considering buying something that I've recommended and ask me what my affiliate link is. So here's a little secret tip for you is you can always go to carveldigital.com slash and then put the name of the tool because we always create pretty links that redirect to our affiliate links. So if you're if you're thinking about getting something that you know I've recommended and you're wondering what the link is, try that and it'll probably work. All right. Our next tool 
is for passwords. And I did not note security as a category, but it definitely is. And it's definitely something to keep in mind. And if you're still writing your passwords on sticky notes or putting your passwords into a Google Doc on the internet or a spreadsheet on the internet, please stop. Go get a 1Password account. That's what I love. That's what I use. I jokingly tweeted many years ago that I was going to have 1Password's baby because that's how much better it made my life. <laughs> and they wrote back a, a cute little reply saying, when is 1Karanda due? So um, great company. All they do is security. And not only can you store your passwords in there, you can store your credit card numbers for better or worse <laughs> to make your online shopping easier. You can store identity information in there for filling out forms on the web. Really anything that you need to keep secure, you can store in there. And it makes it easy to share with your team if you need to do that. So 1Password, that's been my password manager for as, as long as I can remember. And then another notable is LastPass, which uh, a lot of folks use and like. I don't have any issues with LastPass. On that note, I will tell you as we go through, there are some services that will take you to TechSadville. That's the only way I can think to put it. While I'm going through these recommendations in each category, I'm also going to tell you if there's particular ones I feel like you should avoid, I'm going to call those out. All right, next up, you're going to need to register your domain for your website. When you're going to have www.yourcompany.com, you buy that name from a domain registrar. And the one that we use and love is called Hover. And one of the reasons that I love Hover is because they have a very simple interface. It's already confusing to deal with domain name services and making changes to it so that you can actually get your website live. And having an interface that is confusing just adds to that. So Hover has a nice, clean interface. They have great customer support and all they do is domains. So one of the things I caution people against is buying your website hosting at the same place that you buy your domain because unscrupulous companies, <laughs> cough, go daddy, can sometimes try to keep you hostage if you're wanting to move your hosting or move your domain Moving your domain is, is a big deal. It's a pain, right? So if you just have your domain in one place and you tell that company, hey, my website is over here, that's where you should send people when they request, when they type in this address. Then if you want to move your hosting somewhere else, you just go into your domain registrar and you say, hey, I moved my website to this other place. Now I want you to point it over here. Done, simple, fast. And that's the other reason I love Hover is because when you're doing those changes, sometimes it can take a few hours to a day for the whole of the internet to catch up to the fact that, oh, you've moved over here. And with Hover, it generally happens almost immediately or within like 15 minutes. So it's one of those things like it's not important until it is. <laughs> it's like important twice in five years, it might be important. But especially if you have an e-commerce site or a site with a lot of traffic, then you're going to want that downtime to be zero or as minimal as possible. So all of those are the reasons that I love Hover. All right, next up, you're going to need a place to host your website. They're going to host the actual files that make up your website on their servers. And for hosting, I don't know how long I've been with Flywheel. It's probably been at least five years, but I still use and love Flywheel. Before I started recommending them full time, I did probably a 18 month tour where I really tried out a lot of different web hosts and Flywheel were the ones that just made my life the easiest. Again, it was built by designers. So the interface is really clean and easy to navigate. They really solved one of the, the pressing issues of the time. If you were an agency that was making websites for clients, it's very hard to 
get the client to actually set up their hosting because a lot of clients are not technical and they're like, well, you do it. And it's like, no, you don't want your developer or your designer setting up your hosting because then they own it. It's like buying a house and having the real estate agent sign the contract and then give you a keys. Then you're now a renter, right? They own your house. So the client has to do it, but it's kind of technical and hard to do. And so Flywheel really solved this problem and made it super smooth and easy to set up all of the hosting, build the site, and then have this smooth transition where the client gets an email and says, hey, it's time to pay for your hosting. And they go and they pay and they set up their account and it's done. (laughs) And they solved that problem at a time really when nobody else was solving that problem. So still love and, and recommend them. WP Engine is another host that has traditionally been a good solid host. And they actually bought Flywheel about maybe a little over a year ago. At this point in time, I don't see any differences in Flywheel in terms of you know how they operate or any of their functionality. Everything's kind of the same. So just know if you purchase posting from Flywheel, you're also supporting WP Engine. SiteGround is another host that is really loved among my developer friends. I tried SiteGround and there were just some things for me that didn't work about it. And their support, while you could get a hold of someone quickly, they usually couldn't solve my problem and they usually ended up having to move me up the chain. So for that reason, I don't use SiteGround, but I do know a lot of developers and folks that I respect who use it and love it. It's one that you could put on your list of potential hosts. In terms of avoidance, I would say GoDaddy. If you've known me for five minutes, you probably know that I've been steering people away from GoDaddy almost for my entire career. And I'm not going to go into why because I have an entire giant blog post on it and it's one of the most popular posts still on my site. So we'll link to it in the show notes. Another one that's really popular is Bluehost. And I have just never seen anything good happen on Bluehost. (laughs) Um, In terms of, you know, I had a client, one of my last sort of a $500 website clients. I came back from a 10-day vacation and I had an email from her saying, oh, my site got hacked. And that was a Bluehost site. So, you know, speed-wise and service-wise and security-wise, I've just never seen great stuff out of them. Those are ones I would avoid. All right, we're going to move on to email. In this case, I'm talking about your business email address. And I I put a post up on Facebook. I like to do these little zinger posts. I don't know why I get in these little mean moods, but I put a post kind of trolling people who are building a legit business and don't have a business email address. So this is your gentle call out. Get yourself a real business email address. That means it's hello at yourbusinessname.com. Okay, not yourbusinessname at gmail.com. The tool I've always used for that is Google Workspace. It's been called a lot of things. It was Google Suite for a while, and I don't even remember what it was before that. But now it's called Google Workspace. You can get your business email address. And the nice thing about that is that then your business email is also attached to all of the other Google tools. So if you use Google Sheets, Docs, any of those collaboration tools, those are attached to your business email address and especially Google Calendar. I can't tell you how many times I've had to have a client where we basically have to use two different email addresses because it's like, well, I need to share these drive files with you. So I got to use your Gmail for that or I need to send you a calendar invite and you can't get it on your work address. So just for ease and simplicity, it's nice to have all of those things combined in one place. Next up, we're going to go back to the website category and talk about your theme. So you're on WordPress, but WordPress has literally hundreds and thousands of different themes that you can use. And I think most 
people who are tech savvy have gotten away from, you know, going to theme forest or finding a pre-made theme that you try to shove your business into, right? We talked about how your strategy has to come first. And so we've really shifted over to not so much using themes as using theme frameworks, meaning it's kind of got the bones of the things that you're going to need and gives you the ability to lay out the pages and to lay out the templates. So the difference between a page is, you know, if you're designing a page, you're designing that one page and it's going to look like that. And if you want to change it, then you go to that page and you change it. Whereas if you're designing a template, you're saying, hey, all of the pages that are attached to this template are going to have the same layout and the same design. Let's say you have a blog category, like a video category, and you want your blogs that have videos to be laid out in a certain way. So a template allows you to create that layout and then it will just automatically, you say, hey, this is a video post and it says, oh, great, I know what layout to apply. There you go. So that's the difference between designing a page and designing a template. All of the tools that I'm gonna mention allow you to do both. You can lay out your pages and you can also lay out your template and your theme and sort of control large groups of things. So the big three that I would recommend are Elementor, Beaver Builder, and Thrive Shapeshifter. So I'm going to say Elementor is really, really popular. I've literally never used it only because I'm really happy with Beaver Builder and Thrive and I don't have the need to learn another tool. This is not one of those things where like I spend my weekend going, ooh, what's the new hotness and like going and playing with all the tools? No. (laughs) I have a high energy dog and a house and a wife and a business to run. Okay. So I'm not the person to come to when you're like, hey, this tool came out an hour ago. What do you think of it? No. (laughs) Okay. I feel confident recommending Elementor because the people in my tech circles who use Elementor because of the websites I've seen built with it, because I know they have a solid team behind them and it's a solid tool. Okay. But just full disclosure, I have never actually personally used it. I have personally used and built with Beaver Builder, which again is a whole theme framework. You can get the page builder or you can get the theme builder that allows you to style lots of pages within one template. And then the last one is Thrive Suite. And Thrive Shapeshifter is their tool that lets you basically build your own theme, right? It lets you say, hey, this is the layout that's going to apply to the about page. This is the layout that's going to apply to all of the blog posts. And it used to be that you could get Thrive's tools individually. So you could buy their plugins, you could buy their theme. Um, And now as of February 2021, they have changed their branding to Thrive Suite. So you basically buy their membership, which is $229 a year, I believe, and you get all of their tools. And so that more and more, that's the tool that I'm really liking because Thrive's whole mission with their tools is to be marketing focused. And we're marketers here. So we love tools that actually make it easy to do your marketing, to do the things that you need to do to make your marketing more effective. And I feel like Thrive doesn't get a lot of love in the developer community. And maybe that's because their target audience is really sort of the the DIY business owner, right? The people who are like, oh, I just want to be able to control the layout of my site and do what I want to do, right? Without having to learn to code. And that's always been their target audience. And so I've heard developers say things about Thrive in terms of, you know, the back end of their code and, and things like that. But the reality is, Thrive makes it super easy to do a lot of the best practice marketing things that I teach in my program and that are just good practice. 
They give you this entire suite of tools for a few hundred dollars a year that you could use 10, 15 different plugins doing all the things that you could just get Thrive Suite and it could do it all for you. So that's the closest to recommending an all-in-one that I will get is to recommend a company that really their whole mission is making these tools for marketing that work with your WordPress site. So love Thrive and have a lot of resources about Thrive. The other thing I love about Thrive is that they have one of the best educational blogs around how to use their product and just how to do better marketing. And so I am constantly sending my clients to blog posts written by the Thrive team about how to do better marketing things. All right, that's my Thrive pitch. On the theme side, to avoid tech sadville, I'm not a Divi fan. I'm just going to say it. Not a Divi fan, never have been. Again, I have an article on this because it's something I found myself saying over and over again. But the way that Divi is created makes it very, very hard to move to another theme should you decide that you no longer want to use Divi. Again, we talked about platform imprisonment. The way that Divi is constructed and the way that they create their pages makes it very hard when you want to take your data, which is your content, and say you wanted to move from Divi over to Beaver Builder or Elementor, then you're going to have a battle on your hands getting just your actual content and data out in between all of the sort of short codes and, and code gobbledygook that Divi puts in. Um, I'll leave the link in the show notes because I have a video that where I actually show you the difference between using that and using some of these other tools. So that's your, your tech sadville warning. All right, next thing is lead generation. Lead generation, just to explain, just means when someone comes to your website, how do you actually invite that person into your world? And usually that's going to be inviting them onto your email list, right? Um, and so you'll want a tool that can actually capture their email and then can send that email address um, and that contact information over to your CRM, your content management system. So this is where Thrive wins for me again, because once you buy their suite, you have Thrive Leads included in that. So you've already got those forms that you can create built in. So in most times, you would create a form and then you'd say, okay, I got to connect this form over to my CRM. Whereas with Thrive, you have their suite of tools. You go into the settings and you say, I want to connect my tool to ActiveCampaign or I want to connect my tool to Zoom or I want to connect my tool to you know whatever it is. And once you make that connection, you can now use that connection everywhere that you might want it. You don't need to constantly keep making that connection for each form. You just make it once and now you can build all the forms you want and you say, yep, I want to connect to ActiveCampaign. I want to send this information and it's done. So for lead generation, you know, that's really my, my only recommendation. And you can use Thrive Leads with other themes. You can use it with any theme out there. But since they now only sell their product as kind of a one suite of tools, it kind of makes sense that if you're going to use Thrive Leads, you just get all their stuff. The other option, if say you had Beaver Builder or Elementor, they do have some ability to do just like built-in forms, but Gravity Forms is another option that I've used. And Gravity Forms is a plugin for WordPress that lets you create really complex or really, really simple forms. And then you can send that information to other places. So one of the things we do is, you know, if you've gone and you've applied for a strategy session with me or if you applied for one of our masterclasses, you fill out a gravity form, but it, then it sends that information over to our CRM so that we have that when we're looking, saying like, oh, is this person a good fit? Or when do we talk to this person last and what were their concerns? So I like gravity forms for that because you can send that information over to your CRM at the same time as they submit it. 
in the categories to avoid on this topic, I would say opt-in monster is one that I've just used very tangentially for a client a long, long time ago and don't have anything good to say about it. Most of my developer friends also have terrible experiences with opt-in monster. I think it's just a very code heavy tool that can be very slow and very buggy. And there's lots of better ones out there. All right, next is one of my favorite categories, which is marketing automation and CRM, customer relationship management. And if you know me at all, you know I'm going to tell you Active Campaign is the winner for this. Hands down, there's really not any other tool that I have ever recommended for this. One of the reasons is because you can do just simple email marketing, but you can also use that CRM where you're now taking the data that you get about your subscribers and you're able to then use that data to create more relevant content. So having those two things in the same tool, that's one place where it makes it really easy and efficient to be hyper relevant with the content that you're sending out to people. So rather than try to describe this over audio, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a, a post that I have with a video where I walk through how to do some really hyper-targeted messaging in active campaign based on people's behavior. So you can literally send people different messaging based on which link they click in a certain email. And I go through that in this post. So I'm gonna link to that in the show notes. I told y'all this was gonna be epic, okay? So <laughs> we're gonna break out all the timestamps so you can come back and you can just listen to the parts that you need when you need it, but I did warn you. <laughs> All right, next up is data management. And this is a category that I did not have until a couple of years ago. And I talked a little bit earlier about platform imprisonment, about these tools that you like, you stick all your data in there, you have all your clients, all your prospects, and it's what happens if that tool goes down? What happens if that tool like loses your data? I actually had a business buddy recently who was trying to hire and was having people fill out a type form and then Typeform had an outage and she lost a bunch of data. That could have been like her best hire ever, but like she lost their applications because of that outage. So having data management and having your data backed up outside of these tools is really important, like having a backup. And so for that, I really love Airtable. And if you don't know Airtable, it is a relational database tool so that you can put lots and lots of data into it. And then you can manipulate that data in many, many ways. And for those of you who have the pot of gold content database, that's an Airtable database. If you don't have it and you're not managing your content yet, you're definitely going to want to run, not walk to get that. Because basically I give you a template that helps you categorize all your content, store all your content. So it's not all trapped in Instagram. It's not all trapped in Facebook. It's not all just like out in the ether and you can actually house it, categorize it and find it when you need it to reuse it. So if you don't have that tool, we'll definitely link over to that. But we use lots of Airtable for lots of other things. We store all of our emails, all of our marketing emails that we send out go into Airtable. All of our content that's in Member Vault is organized and stored in Airtable. You know, if any of these things went down at any time and we needed to like suddenly move to a new tool, we at least have the data to be able to do that. So that's why I love Airtable. All right, we got three more to go. So stay with me. Next, we're going to talk about sales. This is a pretty simple category. You definitely want to give people a way to give you money because <laughs> we're in business. And so for that, Thrivecart and PayPal, those are my go-tos. 
Thrivecart is really a an entire shopping cart cart solution. So you can take payments for single services, you can take payments for products, you can do retainers and subscriptions, and it integrates really well with ActiveCampaign and with a lot of other tools. So I like to run all my payments through a single place as much as possible so that then when I'm looking at my revenue, I have one place to go. So Thrivecart is where we run all of our payments through. I would say 95% of our payments go through Thrivecart. And then PayPal I have for smaller products just because I know PayPal is a very low barrier to payment. I have many times heard people say like, oh, I was going to buy this thing, but they didn't take PayPal. I didn't feel like getting my credit card out. So I just didn't do it. And so for my smaller digital products, I will often have PayPal as an option. If you're just getting started, PayPal is a great option that's free. You're only paying for the charges on the transactions that you have. So that's a great tool to get started. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. All right. um, I'm going to throw in a, a bonus one in the operations realm. And that is you really need a project management tool. If you, especially if you have a team and you need to keep track of what is going on, what are the tasks that need to be done? When do they need to be done by and who's going to do them? That's project management. So you're going to want a tool to help you do that. And the one that we use is ClickUp. That is a fairly recent move, probably in the last year. I used to use Teamwork for a very long time. And I moved to ClickUp for all the things that I talked about at the top of the show when uh, I talked about considerations. Like they're always constantly improving the service. Often I will log into ClickUp and I'll see a new feature and be like, oh, that's exactly what I was wanting. But it's just incredibly powerful and incredibly flexible. And they have their own sort of docs as part of ClickUp. So it's sort of the ClickUp version of Google Docs. And it doesn't totally replace Google Docs, but I realized I could get rid of the tool that I was using to store our SOPs, our standard operating procedures, because of those ClickUp Docs. And we could have those processes and our tasks in the same place and kind of link them together. And I actually did a video about exactly how we do that. So if you're in the awkward teenage phase of business where you're trying to get your SOPs together, I might include that as a behind the scenes for the VIP folks if you're interested in seeing that video. So really love ClickUp. The thing I will say about ClickUp, if you're new to project management, is that it can be very overwhelming. So one of the nice things about it is that you can turn off a lot of the features. So if you're just getting started, do yourself a favor and just learn to use it for yourself. Learn to manage yourself, even whatever tool you use. There's a lot of project management tools. Learn to use it for yourself and learn to manage yourself before you start trying to bring team on and integrate team. Because trying to do that and learn, you know, navigate that learning curve all at once is really overwhelming. So I would say start with you. You know, people think, why do I need SOPs? It's just me. Guess what? you six months from now isn't necessarily going to remember how to do that thing that you're doing right now. So even if it's just you, building in these habits and these practices is really going to serve you well in the future. And that goes for pretty much anything that I've talked about. And then for other project management tools, there's a lot of other tools out there. That's a rabbit hole I won't get into. I don't have as many opinions about ones to stay away from. So for project management, again, figure out what you need to do, what you need to manage, and then go look at some of the tools out there. All right, y'all, we're in the home stretch. And the last tool I'm going to talk about is about integrating all of these other tools together. And the one you're going to need for that is called Zapier. I never know if it's Zapier or Zapier, but basically it exists as a connector to take any software tool that you're using and connect that data to another software tool. 
So a lot of these tools will have native connections, meaning you don't need any third-party tool in order to connect, say, ActiveCampaign to your WordPress site. But sometimes you'll need to connect things and it won't have a native connection. And that is where Zapier is going to be super, super useful. That was a lot. I warned you ahead of time that you're going to need to go back, that you're going to need to take notes, that you're going to want to reference the reference links that we're going to add in the show notes for you. So now I'm going to bring it back and I want to talk about just how do you choose whether or not you even need some of these things based on where you're at in your business. So for those of you whose heads are spinning right now, I'm just going to bring it all the way back, okay? If you're just a baby business, you're just starting out, you don't have much revenue, if any, you've got a small budget, right? You want to validate your offer before you start investing a bunch in any of these tools. So I've said this before, I'll say it again. You want to validate your offer. If you can't sell it with a Google Doc and a PayPal button, then you probably shouldn't be creating it. So there's the good news for you. Get yourself a Google Doc where you can write out, here's what the offer is, here's the benefits, here's how much it costs, and go find 10 people who will pay you that and put your link to PayPal on your Google Doc and you're good. Now, I know a lot of the perfectionists out there, your heads are spinning and you're just like, no, 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 no. You're like the no-no cat from the internet. And that's fine. The people who are willing to follow this advice will be out there making money and you can sit in your perfectionism and you can go get more Instagram followers. That's totally your choice. I am just telling you what I have seen successful business owners do. And in some cases, what I wish I had done first before I launched into these big initiatives. Okay. If you're just getting started, Google Doc, PayPal, Maybe throw in Member Vault if you're doing some kind of online course or something and you need to host your content, then throw Member Vault in there, which is free 99 for up to 100 users. That means you could get up to 100 people to pay you for your thing and then you could upgrade Member Vault. You could start doing all these other things, okay? So two, maybe three tools. I'm gonna add one more in there for the ambitious among you and that is 1Password. Because even if you don't have a business, we all still have passwords that we need to manage. And so I would suggest that you just get on that train sooner rather than later so that you're not having all these passwords stored all these different places that then you have to wrangle, especially when it comes time to bring team on and you want to start sharing things. So I would say at a minimum, Google Doc and a PayPal to sell your offer, right? Because your offer should be selling based on the value of what you're offering, not based on having a fancy landing page, okay? And then for extra credit, member vault and one password. So that's your baby business. All right, for your toddler business, you've got some regular clients, you've got some consistent revenue, maybe it's small, but it's consistent. And you've tapped out your inner circle, right? Your personal network of folks that you know, and you need to start reaching more people. That's what I'm going to suggest that you head on over and you look at my lesson on how to create a high ticket funnel using Thrive Suite. Because you can skip click funnels, you can skip lead pages, you can skip all those third party expensive services, you can buy that Thrive Suite and you can set up your WordPress hosting and you can just create a landing page that now tells the internet, hey, this is what I'm offering and if you're interested, join my email list. So on the back of that, I'm going to add, this is the point where you probably want to get active campaigns so that you have some place to send your subscribers. You have some place to store your subscribers in a way to actually email them. The nice thing about this is 
you only have to worry about your landing page, right? You're now going to be set up to start growing your email list, which Instagram followers are nice and all, but you don't own those relationships. And so you need to be building relationships with people in a platform that you own, and that's email. So you're going to start that process of building up your own list. This is the point at which you're going to need to get your domain name. And it's also the point which I would highly recommend getting a business email address so that people can take you a little bit more seriously. So that's your toddler business. And again, I have a little course. It's one lesson actually about how I actually set up the landing page. And really you can have a whole little application process if you're feeling ambitious. And I go through that in one lesson that we'll link to in the show notes. For your teen businesses, so you've got a little bit more experience, maybe you're two or three years in, you're doing at least 10K a month or above, and maybe you're starting to think about hiring help. This is where you might want to think about setting up Thrivecart, especially if you have a retainer-based service where you just you want people to pay you every month, but you don't want to be invoicing them and then waiting for them to pay and then chasing after them and then blah, 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 who wants to do that? So Thrivecart is a really good investment at this point. And this is when you want to start thinking about a project management tool. If you have not yet, please do not try to bring on team members without having some kind of project management tool. It could be ClickUp. It could be one of the other ones like Asana or Trello. Asana and Trello are free and great to start with. And then lastly, you've got your adult business, right? You've got a growing customer base. You're doing at least six figures a year. You are actively trying to scale your revenue and you're building marketing systems. That's really when you want to look at that whole list and say, okay, what is going on in our business? What do we lack right now? And where do we need to fill in our tech stack to scale up? And that's going to be individual based on your business. And I actually offer marketing intensives to my coaching clients to kind of go through the six significant systems and see where is their tech stack? Where do they need to level up? Do they need to rebuild anything? So that's a service that we offer on the back end where now they've learned how to leverage their content and they're getting sales, but now they want to start to systemize, they want to start to automate, and they want to really want to set up their tech foundation the right way. So we do a marketing intensive and we go through those systems and then we create a plan and we create maps of the customer journey and we really go through that whole process. Those folks can also hire us to build that for them if they so choose. So that's the point at which, you know, you really start to get serious and start to really see the tech stack like filling out. But if you're listening to this and you're a baby business, you're a toddler business, I'm going to recommend if I haven't already, go listen to the awkward teen phase of business. That's episode nine. Go back and listen to that if you're in the teen business phase. But really, it's don't feel like you're just starting out and, oh, I need to commit to all this technology. No, if you're just starting out, you need to commit to making sales and validating your offer. And you're not going to have to worry about you know, me recommending all the freebies I can think of because you're going to be focused on making money. <laughs> and as you make money, you're going to then start to need more things and you're going to have the revenue to pay for those things. It's so much nicer. You know, when I was just doing websites, it's like the first thing people would come to me and they would, you know, be like, I really need this website. And they didn't have the systems. They didn't have the strategy. They didn't have the marketing, the sales to, to validate that investment. And so it was super stressful for everybody. Whereas when people come in and I'm like, great, let's make sure that you have your customer journey lined up, that you you know have your offer and your audience dialed, that you have your messaging dialed, that you're getting results. And then you have the money to pay for and invest in all of these tech solutions. This is a much nicer experience. It's a much nicer order of operations. Y'all, 
If you are still with me, this is, I'm sure, the longest episode that certainly the longest solo episode that I've ever done. So if you're still with me, thank you so much. And I really, I really hope it's been valuable. I know it was a lot to take in. So I hope you will go back and just go and take the pieces and parts that you want. Go check out the show notes links and look at the written descriptions and the other videos that I have around this. I really feel for the business owners out there who are just know they need this technology and know they need these solutions and just struggle with what should you do and when. So that was my goal in recording this episode for you is to have this resource for you and anybody that you know who is struggling with this, please send them this link. It's This is episode 14. So it's carveldigital.com slash 14. We'll get you to it. So I know that was a lot, but here's what we covered. We went over what is a tech stack, why you need one, why all-in-ones are something to be aware of. If you're going to make that decision, please make it consciously. We went over what are the considerations when you're choosing technology for your business. We went over what is the actual technology that we use here at Carvel Digital to run our business. Some of these things like you set up and then they just, they run and you have your folks to manage them. I would say the things that we're in, you know, day to day every day are ClickUp because the whole team is in there like getting stuff done. Airtable, because that's where we're keeping all our, our data and our content. WordPress, because we're putting up these blog posts uh, and active campaign. I would say those are the top four things that we're just in like every day, all day. So even there, there's a lot, a lot of tools here. Some of them, it's like you set them up and then they run and they do their job. Now, you know, if anybody comes up to me and is like, what do you use for this? I'm just going to point you to this episode. <laughs> Hey, we're not going to talk about it. This is my flag in the sand. And I really hope that you found it useful. And so now is the time when if this was valuable for you, um, I would really appreciate you go ahead, open up your app and leave that five-star rating and review. This is also the time when I know you're thinking of someone who is probably like either starting a business or they're in their glow up, right? They're, they're trying to grow and scale their business. Maybe they got a bunch of media attention and now all of a sudden they have all this business, but they're still you know on their Squarespace site with their free MailChimp account and they're really needing to level up. Send this episode to them. All right. Thanks for sticking with me. I will be back next week, of course. And until then, begin as you mean to go on. If you haven't checked out the Pot of Gold yet, what are you waiting for? The Pot of Gold is a database and a system for you to organize your content and start treating it like the asset that it is. If you want to avoid burnout, if you want to ever get out of the weeds of your business, if you want to stop spending your whole life on social media, if you want to outsource your content marketing to someone else while still maintaining your voice and your brand, this is the tool for you to do it. And it costs less than a fancy lunch. So go to carveldigital.com slash gold and check it out right now.